This is a question from a colleague on Instagram, and she says, how do you overcome planning burnout? I have literally zero interest in planning my lessons right now, and I'm pretty much just playing random games every class to pass the time. How do you suggest picking myself back up? At the time I am recording this particular episode, this is going to come out on Monday, June 7th. And I know that by this point in the year, many of us are already done teaching in terms of our, you know, uh, like September to June teaching schedule. But I also know that we have colleagues who are still in school, you know, through the end of June, and then other colleagues who are on more of a year round schedule. And so their breaks for summer just fall a little bit differently. So that's the first reason that I wanted to record this episode and answer this question, even though I understand many of us are out of the lesson to lesson weekly uh, planning schedule. The other reason is that at some point during the year, this question is going to come up for all of us. Music lesson planning when we are burnt out. We experience feelings of burnout, different levels of things that contribute to burnout throughout the year, every year. And certainly this past year was uh, an exception that was much more intense than what we hope to experience in the future. But even in a regular year, teachers experience burnout. So those feelings are coming. So we can kind of save this episode and come back to it when those feelings arise. That's the second reason I wanted to record this anyway. And then the third reason is, even though we are, many of us are done with the week-to-week lesson planning cycle, that means that we are moving into this big picture look at summer planning and kind of getting our ducks in the row in a row over the summer. And I absolutely know that many music teachers are so burnt out, they are completely uninterested in summer planning at all. And that is beyond understandable. So let's talk about some ideas for lesson planning when you are burnt out. And specifically this question, how do you suggest picking myself back up? We'll talk about lesson planning during the year. So like the weekly lesson planning routine, what we could be doing there. Uh, I will share my burnout lessons that I have used in the past when I was experiencing burnout. And then we'll talk specifically about burnout and planning as it applies to summer planning, you know, long range planning for next year. So let's jump in. Lesson planning during the year when you feel burnt out. I have three things that I think are helpful to keep in the back of our minds. The first one is just run the clock. Uh, The second one is to get bored. And then the third thing is to teach what you care about. The first one, run the clock. Okay, so this phase of teaching, teaching when you feel completely burnt out, or rather lesson planning when you feel completely burnt out, this is a phase. And as humans, we go through phases. This is totally normal, and there should not be any shame in experiencing some of these feelings of burnout around lesson planning. This is a set of emotions that is going to pass. And that is also just how emotions work. They come, our brain has them for a while, and then they leave. Thoughts come, they leave. Emotions come, they leave. And so right now, if you are burnt out, particularly if you are listening to this towards the end of the year uh, and you are burnt out, you still need to lesson plan for the rest of the year. 
Or if you're listening to this in a weekly lesson planning cycle, right? So maybe sometime in the future next year, in the 2021-2022 school year, the idea is just to run the clock. Accept that this is a phase, accept that you feel symptoms of burnout and recognize that not every lesson plan you do is Instagram worthy and it doesn't need to be. No one's lesson plans are always Instagram worthy all the time or TPT worthy or Facebook uh, music teacher um, group page worthy. That's fine and it's good and it's good to recognize that this is a moment in time that you will get through and that's what we need to do. So our first uh, our first mission is essentially just to survive and whatever we do to survive in a way that is uh, safe and productive and somewhat musical in some capacity, that is what we're going for. So number one, we're just going to survive. We're going to run the clock. Number two, this colleague very specifically says that she is, quote, just playing random games every class to pass the time. Guess what? That is your marching orders. You just gave yourself your agenda until you get bored. Play random games every class to pass the time. Again, our brains do not stay with one specific emotion for very long. So this anxiety that we felt earlier that has now turned into apathy is going to turn into something else later. Our brains do not camp out on one single emotion for a very long time. Again, this is the reason that we have not stayed in purely an anxious state. We have moved from anxiety to apathy. Playing random games every class to pass the time until you're bored is a great strategy because it is like saying, oh, I only want to eat cookies all the time. Okay, well then go ahead, eat cookies all the time. Eat them every single day for every single meal. And sooner or later, you are going to be ready for a salad. So if you are burnt out on lesson planning during the year, you can move to the eating cookies phase of the plan and you are going to play those random games. And then after a while, you're going to look around and be like, wow, are we still playing these random games? What are we even doing here? And then you're going to say to yourself, ah, I want to spend my time not playing random games. I want to do something that is more fulfilling than these random games for the eight hours I am inside this school building. Okay, we're going to play the random games until we're bored. And then at some point, we will get bored of the random games. And that moves us into this third uh, strategy, which is to teach what you care about. We all became musicians for very specific reasons and reasons that are personal to us and personal to our own backgrounds and our own perspectives and way of life. That is a good thing. So what is a particular piece of music or a particular genre of music that you would enjoy teaching. This might be something new. Like uh, if you have never tried an ORF ensemble piece, maybe that's something that you try with your fourth and fifth graders this year. If you have never done a really deep dive into folk dancing or creative movement or storytelling with soundscapes and unpitched percussion, maybe this would be a time to explore some of those areas. The question is very simply, what would be fun to teach? We've been burnt out, which probably happened because we felt anxiety before. So let's back up there. Uh, we had anxiety around lesson planning, and then we had burnout 
with lesson planning. So we were playing random games. Now we're bored. And now the question that we get to explore is what would be fun to teach? This past Friday, we had a conversation about uh, weekend research around music teacher burnout. And we looked at research studies around very specifically what it is like for elementary music teachers, music teachers in general, but we focused in on elementary teachers to be burnt out. And at the end of that episode, we also talked about how the opposite of burnout is energized and inspired and refreshed. We have ways to move toward that state of being energized, inspired, refreshed by finding things that we are interested in and pursuing those. So the last step again is just simply asking what would be fun to teach? What would be energizing? What would be inspiring? What would be a refreshing way to spend my time for these eight hours? That is where we will start our lesson planning. So those are three ideas that we can pursue. Number one is just running the clock, making it through. And the second thing is if you're playing random games every class to pass the time, keep it up. That's a great strategy because you're going to be bored of cookies every day and you'll be ready for a salad. And then when you are ready to try something new, we can move into something that is refreshing and energizing by thinking about what would be fun. These are my go-to burnout lessons. Uh, I should add that they are different from the end of the year activities that I like to do when I you know, want to kind of switch things up and just make sure everybody is engaged. This is very specifically uh, any time throughout the year that I am done. I am not down to lesson plan. So K through third, um, we do the carnival of the animals and I print off worksheets and students sit on the floor and they color and they watch depending on the age. I have specific sections where I invite students to get up and move, you know, hop around like a kangaroo if they want. And there's always a choice, uh, but the options are you may move or you may color. Show me on your fingers. Which one would you like to do? What's your choice? Move or color for this specific kangaroo um, section, just for example. And students show me, and then we do it for that one movement activity, and then they come back down and we color for the rest of the class. While students are coloring and moving or sitting and watching, again, they have the choice, uh, I, so that's what the students are doing. They're kind of sitting. <laughs> and what I am doing is I am organizing a shelf or I am cleaning ORF instruments, or I am organizing a binder, or I am reviewing my assessments, right? Like all of my rubrics and kind of organizing things that way. These are very low level uh, mental tasks. They don't take a lot of mental energy, but it is really nice to just kind of put things in order. I have not shared this approach to burnout, right? Specifically like carnival of the animals and kids sit in color. I have not shared that in the past because it's not something that I'm very proud of. Those are not my, uh, my Instagram teacher moments. Those are not the moments that I want to talk about, but they have happened. And I think it's okay to be realistic about the reality of burnout 
and some uh, productive ways to kind of maneuver those feelings. So it's not that I am especially proud of students sitting and staring at a screen for a 45 minute class while I organize a bookshelf, but it is something that I have done in the past. And it is a musical way to spend the time that I can kind of drag and drop to multiple grade levels for multiple. Uh, this can take two weeks. Uh, and, and by that time, by the time you spend two weeks with the carnival of the animals and students are just sitting and coloring or moving, you, I am ready for something new. So that's K through third carnival of the animals. And I, during that time, and am just physically organizing the space. And I find that to be a very um, calming thing to do with my time. Fourth and fifth grade, I am going to do a found sound or an unpitched percussion or something like that composition activity. So there are different roles that the students are going to do and then different roles that I am going to do as the teacher for fourth and fifth grade versus K through third. The students are in groups and they can choose their groups or they can work by themselves if that's their choice. And they are going to do either graphic notation or Western notation of rhythms. And you can set the parameters around this however you want to. Um, so eight bars of 4-4 four, four, or 12 if, uh, if that works for your situation, whatever it is. So students come up with their rhythms. They're going to clap them and either, again, either graphic notation or standard notation. For our purposes, we are fine with either. Once they have their rhythm down, they're going to assign whatever body percussion they want to those rhythms. They can write that in graphic notation as well. So come up with their own symbols. Um, students really like to do like stars equal snapping, you know, and the square is this stuff like that. So they come up with their own body percussion symbols to go along with that eight bar rhythm they have just created. After we have a set of rhythms and a set of body percussion symbols, then we're ready to move on to unpitched percussion. And at that point, students are going to give me a thumbs up and they are going to perform their body percussion uh, composition for me. And we're going to have a conversation, you know, did you play what you had written? Um, yes or no. If it's no, then would you like to keep practicing so that you do play what's written? Or would you like to change what you wrote to match what you Played. We have a couple options because the point is not that we are just doing notational literacy. This is another conversation about composition, but the point is that we are actualizing the sounds that we have inside our brains. So it's not enough just to write down a random assortment of rhythmic syllables. That's not our goal here. Our point is to imagine a sound and then show it on paper and then actualize it. So there's the thought there is the preservation, and then there's the performance. Once we have checked in with the teacher, uh, I will either say, how would you like to go back and work on this, right? So like if they are not playing what they've written, we're going to have to come up with a plan there. But if they are ready to rock, then I say, uh, all right, here is this tub of instruments. You may choose any of these and uh, assign these instruments to what used to be body percussion. So we're moving from just rhythms, then to body percussion, then to unpitched percussion.
And just as an aside with that, episode nine was about using percussion, specifically getting started with using percussion if your background is as a vocalist. And this is uh, following that general guideline that we talked about of not going straight to the percussion instruments, but having some scaffolds in there. Okay, so that's what students are doing. And again, this could take two or three classes depending on your class size and depending on your class time. Because after we have our uh, compositions done, then we can go and share with the class. So you might have a class where students are just mapping out their ideas and working on body percussion, and then maybe another class where they are practicing and moving to unpitched percussion and practicing that, and then a class after that where they are sharing with the class. And again, it'll just depend on how much time you need to kill until you are bored. So that's what the students are doing. The teacher role in this is different. This is just my perspective, right? So please don't take this as gospel, but in in my perspective, the teacher role here is very different from the quietly organizing while the lights are off and you're listening to the aquarium, right? <laughs> this is a very different setting. And my goal here, the teacher's goal here is to walk around and talk to students. If there are students that we know need some extra um, deposits in the relationship bank with us. That is to say, if we need to build stronger relationships with any specific students, this is the time to walk around and start just a casual conversation about soccer practice, uh, to talk about how baseball is going, to talk about something their little brother said, uh, something like that. This is our time just to walk around and build relationships. There are, of course, many, many, many things that we could do as uh, relationship activities or classroom culture building activities or other musical activities that we could do when we are burnt out. So the sky is the limit here, uh, but this is just one approach. I do recommend having something that is for primary grades and something that is for older grades. I do think it is calming to find a time where you can get your physical space in order and I do think it is a good idea to find some way to have some conversation, some, some informal conversation opportunities with students as well. But within those parameters, you know, you could certainly extend or uh, find other activities that meet those goals. But if you are just, you know, I need something to do tomorrow because I'm burnt out, then here are some options for that. Okay, so let's talk about summer planning and burnout. Because we have the, you know, week to week schedule, but then we also have this big picture schedule of summer planning that might last perhaps from June to maybe the very beginning of August. The very first thing I would just encourage you to do if you are listening to this and you are like, I am way too burnt out to even think about summer planning. That makes me want to throw up and cry. Then take a break man, take a break. <laughs> and when I say take a break, remember last week we talked about that weekend research. And one of the things that contributes to teacher burnout is stress. And so now is the time to take a drink of water and to take a walk and to take a nap. And I think that if we spend our time drinking water and walking and napping as a, uh, as our marching orders this summer, I think that would probably uh, do us all a lot of good. 
So the first thing is just to take a break and then start your planning process by celebrating the wins. And this is what we're doing inside the planning binder specifically for this month of June. We're not jumping into planning next year right away. We're starting with celebrating the wins that we've had and looking at where our feet are right now. So what have we accomplished? That's where I would encourage you to start as well. And then from there, we can move into, you know, some curriculum maps and some scope and sequences and choosing repertoire and all that really fun stuff. But if we jump into that before we're ready, we're not really taking time to repair from all of the tension and Uh, the fatigue that I know many of us have felt for a large portion of this school year. So we're going to take a break. We're going to celebrate the wins. And then remember we talked about, uh, you know, play the games that you're using to pass the time, pass the time until you're bored of passing the time. This is along those same lines, research something that you care about and then dream about how it could be incorporated into your plans this upcoming year. So maybe you have a dream of, uh, maybe you really want to learn more about a specific classroom management area. Because again, remember from last week, from this past Friday, that is an area that contributes to burnout. So maybe you feel inspired to talk to some experts or to read a book or to use some other resources available to us, again, through the power of the internet and uh, find a new approach to classroom management. That could be a really exciting thing that will energize you because now you have something to try, you have something to implement, and then you can be structuring your lessons around these new approaches to classroom management, whatever it is. That's just an example. So we're going to research something that we care about and then dream about how we can incorporate it next year. Again, all of this is happening outside of the very rigid schedule of, you know, write your scope and sequence this week or, you know, something like that. We're starting with a big win And then we're moving into an area of inspiration. The other thing is if you are just totally burnt out, again, you don't have to start right away. Set a reasonable deadline to start planning. And I say reasonable deadline because I don't want this to be like an aspirational thing. Like, well, I think that by the end of July, I will have every single lesson mapped out for every single grade level. That's probably not a very reasonable deadline. So instead, I think it's a great idea to say I will be taking a break. I am off duty. I am poolside exclusively for the next three weeks. And then in three weeks, that is when I will start. And you put that date on the calendar and you stick with it. If you want to start planning earlier than that, then you certainly can. But we're going to kind of build in a uh, like checkout of the world <laughs> bubble and say for the next three weeks, I am in my totally checked out bubble and I'm going to enjoy this poolside bubble. But then I know when it's ending. So I know the reason that we're setting that deadline is so that we're not going to be really stressed right before school starts and go, ah, I spent all this time totally zoned out and checked out. And now I'm super stressed and now I'm starting the cycle of burnout again, right? So we're going to set a deadline to begin the planning process. There's time for rest. There is time to research things that are interesting. And then there's going to be a time to start planning. 
So that's that. If you are feeling burnt out at this particular time in the year, I just want to validate those feelings and say that you are not alone. It is not wrong to feel burnt out. You have nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed of or to feel sheepish about in any way. Burnout happens to everyone at various levels, at various times, to various degrees. You're not alone. If this is something that you are experiencing very specifically in the realm of lesson planning during the year, a great idea is just to have a survival mentality, just get through it, play those random games, and then find something to teach that you care about. If you need a set of options, you can try out a carnival of the animal situation and a found sound situation. And then if this is happening over the summer, again, I do want to validate those feelings of burnout and say, take a break look back on the year at everything that you did accomplish because you accomplished a lot this year and then find something that is a source of inspiration and fill yourself up with exciting new possibilities that you can incorporate next year. As we move into the summer, my wish for you is that you would have energy. I wish inspiration for you and I wish refreshment for you. If you listen to this podcast, you and I are colleagues. And so just so that we both know you have heard a colleague say this today, I believe that you are a good music teacher. The work you do is valuable. You make an impact in your students' lives. Your students are better off because you are their elementary general music teacher. So whatever this week brings, may you approach it with energy and empathy and know that you have a support system behind you and you are not alone.